0: Again, I'm just checking that that's what it is, making sure it's the same thing that I'm seeing, that you're seeing. So let's sing our very best. Remaining seated while we sing these two verses, please. <clears throat> 303, I was sinking deep in sin, sinking to rise. 312, there is no love like the love of Jesus, never to fade or fall, till into the fold of the peace of God he has gathered us all. Our opening hymn tonight is the hymn 270 Down at the cross where my Saviour died, down where for cleansing for sin I cried. The hymn number 270, we're singing well. Let's again really do our very best. Our opening hymn, and we'll stand together while we sing, please. <clears throat> Let's all stand and let's sing a very big. that's all the scopes and singular
1: our
0: tonight together in prayer. We're very glad to have one of our Bible students, brother Greg Gibson. I'm going to ask Greg to come. He's a third year student in the Watfield College of the Bible. And we're going to ask Greg to come now and to lead us to the throne of grace
2: in prayer, please. Let's unite our hearts in prayer, please our gracious God and her loving eternal Father in heaven. As we come into thy presence, Lord, what a privilege it is to come unto the Lord of Lords and King of Kings tonight and to even approach thee on the merits of the precious shed blood of Christ. Oh Lord, we thank thee tonight for Calvary and for that finished work, Lord, and that is the only way for sinful man to be saved, it is through the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank thee, Lord, that you have saved and you will continue to save, Lord, all who come unto thee. And we do pray tonight, Lord, especially for this time of mission, Lord, that as the gospel is proclaimed in a little while, Lord, that sinners will be drawn effectually unto thee, that they will realize that they're uh, in a desperate condition, that they would realize, Lord, that the things of the world, their their treasures, their riches, nothing can save their soul but the Lord Jesus Christ and his precious blood that was shed. And we pray, Lord, tonight for a special meeting. We pray that you will just bless from the very beginning here as we sang that wonderful hymn to the very end, Lord, as the benediction is pronounced. Lord, we pray that you will just be in it all. Oh, Lord, what a, what a travesty it would be, Lord, if, if the Savior wasn't here tonight. But, Lord, we rejoice tonight that thou art everywhere. Thou hast said in thy word that where the two or three are gathered together, that he will be in the midst. Lord, and we even know that thou art here tonight. And we pray, Lord, that you will come and mighty power, Lord, that you will revive our hearts tonight, Lord. That we will know that a special anointing, Lord. I pray for the preacher tonight, I think of the Reverend Park. Thank me for him, Lord. We pray that you'll continue just to give him help as he would proclaim the word of God tonight and throughout the week. Oh, Lord, that souls would be saved. Lord, that is what our heart's desire is, Lord. Even that tonight, Lord, you would save some dear soul. Oh, Lord, whether it be here physically in the building, whether it be online, Lord, we pray that you will just do it not for our glory, but for the glory and for the honor of the Lord Jesus Christ and for your name's sake. We pray also, Lord, just for everything for this town, Lord. We think of Balamoney. And, Lord, we love the people of this town. And we long, Lord, to, to reach them with the gospel. We long, Lord, to, to step in, to see, have you step in, Lord, to this town and to, to save. And, Lord, to just to work across the land. And so, Lord, we pray that you will just bless us now. You will be with us, Lord. You'll give us help. And we'll be careful to give thee all the praise, the honor, and the glory. For Jesus' sake, we would pray those things. Amen.
0: Thank you, Greg, for leading us to the throne of grace and prayer. We're delighted tonight to have Lucy Jane Buick with us. we going to ask Lucy to come now and to minister to us and so on, please.
3: Drive the nails in my hands, laugh at me where you stand. people. suffer such agony Put nails in his hands, pierced his precious sight And the pain was so great that tears filled his eyes Yet he spoke not a word till Suffer Such agony For God so loved the whole world That he gave his only Son And that is why Jesus died For you and me Tell me why, oh tell me why Did Jesus die on Calvary suffer such agony. For God so loved the whole world that he gave his only son, and that is why Jesus died.
0: Lucy Jane for Minister to and Song. We continue to remember you and Peter and trust and pray that the Lord will continue to lead you and guide you in the days ahead. And I have no doubt that Ivor was listening in at home. And we want to say to Lucy Jane's dad and to Ivor, we miss him, we love him dearly in the Lord, and continue to pray for him as he recovers. And he's making progress. And we trust and pray that soon he'll be back amongst us. And I know that he'll be listening in tonight and enjoying the ministry. And so we bid you all welcome. Uh, It's good to see those who have come, made the effort to be with us again tonight. Mr. Park always said that sometimes Wednesday nights can be lean, sometimes Monday nights can be lean. Uh, But we're glad to see you. And if you look at me, you know I'm not lean. So I would love to be lean. Uh, unless it's to one side or the other. Uh, But we bid you welcome. The other night we welcomed Baby Moore, and we're delighted tonight uh, to have another little one with us, and that's Baby Miller. And she's back in there in the back row, and we trust and pray that that little family will continue to know the blessing of God uh, in the days that lie ahead. You're all welcome in the Saviour's name. Those who are joining with us, uh, in sermon audio facebook and youtube we bid you welcome as well wherever it is you are joining us do remember the mission as it continues night by night the time's going past very quickly i'm watching my hand and you know whenever that time passes tonight i'll never get it again it's gone forever and so the opportunities of this mission are passing very quickly Let's take up every opportunity we can in the nights that lie ahead. Do you remember the seasons of prayer in the MacArthur Room downstairs. And tomorrow night, as we have said, the Word of Truth are singing. We're not going to say any more about it. get us into trouble. But the Word of Truth will be singing tomorrow night. Wednesday night, our sister Rebecca Park. Thursday night, Sarah Knowles. And Friday night, we will have Marcus and Cherith Leckie to minister and sing. But we also have a special testimony from Andy Copeland and do remember that meeting on Friday night. Pray for our brother as he comes. He was involved in the paramilitaries and he has a tremendous testimony to tell of the saving and keeping power of the Lord Jesus Christ. So do remember Friday night. Seek to bring others with you as the meetings continue. Hymn 324, I once was a stranger to grace and to God, and knew not my danger, and felt not my load. I wonder tonight, is that the case? That you don't really realise the danger that you are in. The word of God says that the wrath of God abides already upon those that know not Christ. And our prayer is that you might recognise that danger, and then flee to Christ, who alone is the one that can rescue you from your sin. I once was a stranger to grace and to God. Standing while we sing. take our seats and we're going to sing a hymn that we had planned to sing earlier but uh, 293 I must needs go home by the way of the cross there's no other way but this I shall ne'er get sight of the gates of light if the way of the cross I miss. We'll just keep our seats and we'll sing these two verses and then the part Park come and minister to us the word of God please.
4: Always want to thank Mervyn for leading the opening part and getting you into good tune singing tonight. Thank you, Lucy, for coming and ministering in song as well. And for all who have come, I add my words of welcome to uh, what Mervyn has said tonight, and we bid you welcome in the Saviour's name. It may be this is the first night that you've been to the Gospel Mission, so we're very glad to have you. The two weeks have been planned, and they will come and they will go so quickly. And just as Mervyn mentioned tonight about tonight, uh, once it's over, it's gone. It'll never be uh, retraced. So the two weeks that the opportunity is given here in the town hall for the hearing of the gospel will be gone forever. And when we pronounce the final amen on Sunday night coming, then it'll be over. And we'll have to say that the harvest has passed and the summer has ended. And for some, they're still not saved. It's our prayer tonight that you will get saved if you're not a Christian tonight. You'll come to the Lord. I really miss not being with you last night. Um, we had a long-standing engagement to speak at the Harvest Service down in Tanragee, but I heard the meeting was very good. The Reverend Brown preached well, and for those that gathered here, it was a good gospel feast for you. We trust that you'll come back uh, night by night. You'll bring others with you if that's possible and join with us as often as you can. We're still inviting people to come. I hope that you do the same. I was passing the sewing class again tonight. It was the different one. I called in on Tuesday night. And I said to the ladies downstairs, uh, is this the same group as last night? They said no. So because Monday night is different, I thought I would knock on their door and go in and just give them that wee invitation. Tell them there's a mission happening here and you'll be welcome to come any night just a wee invitation it's good to give that and encourage people to come under the sound of the word do come on Friday night for the testimony Andy Copeland we've got to know Andy over the years he's a good fella he's a very kind hearted fella Uh, he would call often to to give contributions to missionary work especially in in the land of Romania he's got a heart for that country he's been there himself And he's got a wonderful testimony. He was involved in paramilitary activity. And then the Lord saved him and brought him to himself. And I always the the bit that stands out in my mind was that Andy was involved one night in a robbery. And he he was asked to go and get the getaway car while the other boys went and did whatever the robbery was. And so he he brought a getaway car. It was a it was a two-door one. And so whenever the other boys came, they had great trouble getting into the car to get away. But, you know, the Lord changed his life and saved him, and that's all in the past, and is covered in the blood of Christ, and Andy lives for the glory of God now, and you'll enjoy his testimony, I know, if you come to hear him Friday night. I want you to turn the scriptures to the gospel of Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23. For those who have been attending the mission, we are just dealing with one day this week. And that's the day of the cross. And those characters, those people that we find in and around the time when Jesus Christ was crucified for our sin. And we have considered a number of those characters so far. And now we're going to read a little passage of scripture that tells us about an incident that happened on the way to Calvary. So the Lord is leaving now the judgment hall of Pilate, and he's making his way to Calvary, carrying his own cross part of the way. And there's just this little incident that I want to read with you tonight. Verse 27 of Luke chapter 23. And just reading to verse 30. And there followed him a great company of people and of women, which also bewailed and lamented him. And Jesus, turning unto them, said, Daughters of Jerusalem, Weep not for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming in the which they shall say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bear, and the paps which never give suck. Then shall they begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. And we'll end the reading there. May God bless his word. To every heart. We'll bow together in prayer, please. Our Father, we rejoice in the one that is called Jehovah, said, Can you? We've been singing about him tonight. And we know that that is a title that just expresses that Jesus is the Lord our righteousness. When he came to do the great work that he did as Savior, as our mediator. He shed his blood for the cleansing away of our sin. But he worked out our righteousness to cover us. And tonight those of us who are saved by your grace were covered over in the robe of righteousness that our Father has given to us. A robe that was wrought by the Lord Jesus Christ, woven by him when he came to this earth. And we rejoice tonight that when God looks at us, he doesn't see what we used to be. He doesn't see our past sin. But he sees Jesus, for we're covered in the righteousness of Christ. We pray that these truths of the gospel that we've been singing about and the ministry and song from Lucy will be a real blessing already to those that are here. But in these closing minutes, as we come to look at this section of your word and this little incident that took place on the way to the cross, we pray that you will speak to us, that you will open up our hearts to your truth. And for any here tonight who are not saved and do not have a covering for their sin, Lord, bring them to Jesus Christ in mercy that they may obtain forgiveness and peace with God forevermore. Grant us now the help of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. So much has happened in such a short period of time. Christ is brought before the chief priests at daybreak. We know that. If you look back at chapter 22 and mark what it says in verse 66, we discover that that was the time when he was brought. As soon as it was day, the elders of the people and the chief priests and the scribes came together and led him into their council. He then appears before Pontius Pilate over for a time to Herod. And then back again to Pilate. And there seems to have been a long struggle between Pilate and the people concerning him. He was mocked. He was scourged. He was crowned with thorns. And all this happened in a period of four to five hours. Six hours at the most. For Jesus was crucified between nine o'clock and twelve o'clock in the morning. Christ's enemies lost no time in their evil work. They got him to the cross as soon as they could. As he is led away to be crucified, Simon the Cyrenian, this stranger to Jerusalem from North Africa, is apprehended and compelled to bear the cross of Christ at least part of the way to that place of execution. Lest the Lord Jesus Christ became weary and died before he got to Calvary. We discover also a great crowd of mourners true mourners who joined the procession and followed Jesus to the place of his death in particular among this vast crowd that thronged the streets and followed Jesus to Calvary was a group of women who bewailed and lamented him they were not his enemies they were comprised of his friends well wishers and the common people who were moved with compassion towards him. They had heard of his fame. Perhaps they had listened to his preaching. They had seen his miracles. And they, they honestly believed that he was being condemned unjustly. Though many reproached and reviled him. Yet there were some that had compassion. And they pitied and sorrowed for him. I want us to travel Back to this scene before us. I, I want you and I to become eyewitnesses to what is happening here. We're going to join this procession. I want you to to see these daughters of Jerusalem. And listen to their cries and their weeping. See their tears and their sorrow. Hear the words and the counsel of the Lord Jesus. And then ask a question. Very important question. Is there a message for me in this passage of scripture and I believe there is as you and I join this procession and we watch what's happening and we listen to what's happening there certainly is a message for you and for me I want you to notice as you look at verse 27 the regret of these women verse 27 reads as follows of chapter 23 and there followed him a great company of people and of women which also bewailed and lamented him from the streets of Jerusalem come this crowd of women some of them led by love some by pity others by curiosity their hearts were filled with grief their eyes were filled with tears as they lament over the blessed son of God and among this group of women first of all were his friends those women that were last at the cross and First at the tomb. How they loved him. How they had cared for him during his ministry. How they had worshipped him. And now they are weeping for him. I think I see Mary Magdalene there. Out of whom the Lord Jesus cast seven devils. And wonderfully delivered that woman from the power of satanic activity. Mary the mother of James. The wife of Cleophas is there. I think uh, Mary from Bethany, her sister Martha, are also among these women. How often the Lord Jesus had traveled to Bethany, a little village just outside Jerusalem, spent many hours in their home, times of fellowship. Uh, I know that these women were rejoicing in the fact that Lazarus, their brother, had been raised from the dead not too long before this very incident. So Mary and Martha are there. I believe Joanna uh, was also there, the wife of Chusa, And his dear mother, that chosen vessel to bring the Lord Jesus Christ into this world, she is there, and other women too who had believed in him. They saw their friend, they saw their master, they saw their Lord and their Savior. His body is bruised and broken, his visage is marred more than any man, his blood flowed down his lacerated back and trickled down his face from the thorn wounds. He was now going to the awful death of the cross and there he is bent over in pain, being pushed and shoved all the way to Golgotha. And as his friends looked on in dismay, they couldn't help but weep for him. They wept as any Christian here would weep if you have been able in your mind's eye to join this procession, and you see the Lord Jesus Christ in all his suffering now, going to Calvary, bent over, carrying his cross, already in such excruciating pain, I know as a believer your eyes would be filled with tears also. Their love tears were precious in his sight. But not only were his friends among these women, but his well-wishers, These were the women who had attended his congregations. They had heard his sermons. They saw his kindness. They watched his mighty power as he performed those miracles. And their lives had been touched by the Savior. Though perhaps they had not received him, yet they were affected by him and by his teachings. They knew of his innocency and they too were filled with immense grief. The sorrow of those who weep for a great and a good man. Such we might expect in the life of a unconverted person whose life has been touched by the Son of God. And there are those who come to our meetings and are not saved and, and when the cross is set before them. And when we tell the old story of the sufferings of Christ there upon Calvary's tree, their heart is melted. Maybe even their eyes are brought to, to tears. And their, their heart is touched and their heart is melted. That's how these women felt. This group of well wishers that were in the number. His friends were there, well wishers were there. And I think also in that number, the curious were there. They were in lar- by and large strangers to Christ. They knew nothing of his salvation. They had little knowledge of his person, his work, his preaching, and his miracles. They knew about the trial. Because everybody in Jerusalem knew about what was happening at the trial of Christ. They heard about the injustice and they followed that day out of curiosity. Yet as they gazed upon the battered body of Jesus and they heard the loud cries of those around them. These other women, they too were deeply affected and they were moved to tears. They wept as you and I would weep when we are affected by sad scenes around us and I'm sure you've been there I've been there many times I can remember standing at the coffin of a little boy I didn't really know him I didn't know his family but we had been ministering in that area where the Reverend John Gray was the, the student minister and a terrible accident had taken place in the village of Loch Gaul and this little boy of 8 years of age was tragically killed he had been playing with his friends and, and a wall fell on top of him. The friends ran to get his mother and when the mother came she picked up her little boy in her arms and knew in her heart that life had gone out of him. And I can remember attending that funeral. I can remember watching the little coffin being brought into the church. I can remember standing at the graveside. And my eyes were filled with tears even though I did not know the family. I remember many years ago, when I was the minister in Porto there was an awful tragedy had taken place. A young UDR soldier had been blown up by the IRA. I did not know him. I did not know his family. But out of respect, I visited that home. I attended the funeral. I can remember standing at the open graveside. And I watched that mother, that wife, standing there at the open graveside with her little children beside her as her husband was being lowered Into the ground. And my eyes were filled with tears. Just like these women that were watching on. And and they viewed the sufferings of Christ on the road to Calvary. They wept. Now I want you to note that the suffering dying Lord. May move many people to to natural affection and sorrow. And yet not to salvation. Many can look at the suffering Christ. Their eyes can be filled with tears. Their heart can be moved. And yet they do not take that step that brings them to a saving knowledge of him. Many bewail him. Who do not believe in him. There are many who lament him. Who do not love him most of all. The regret of these women. But look at verse 28. We have the response of Christ. How did Jesus respond to their tears? But Jesus turning unto them said... Daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. In his agony, with the certainty of the cross at hand, Jesus took time to notice the tears of these women. But he directs their lamentation to themselves. He did not rebuke them for weeping, rather he commended them. But he did instruct them to weep for themselves. And for their children. He had recently wept over the city of Jerusalem. You remember that. when he came into sight of the city. We are told that Jesus wept. Oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem. How often would I have gathered thee. As a hen gathers her chickens under her wings. But ye would not. And Jesus wept over that city. And now he is telling these women to do the same. For these women by and large were from the city of Jerusalem. He could see things with his eye of omniscience that was going to befall this city. Perhaps the coming destruction of Jerusalem was in view. Some of these women might might live to, to witness that, to share in those calamities that would befall their city. At least their children would. Jesus had preached a sermon not long before this in Luke chapter 21. If you turn back a couple of pages, you'll discover that he spoke about the destruction of the temple, first of all. Luke chapter 21, verses 5 and 6. And some speak of the temple, how it was adorned with goodly stones and, and, and gifts. He said, As for these things which ye behold the days will come in the which there shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. In other words, this temple that you see, that you're directing our attention to with all its beauty, the glorious buildings and, and how they were decorated, these buildings are going to be destroyed. There'll not be one stone left upon another. And then he foretold of an awful time, if you run your eye down to verse 20, and when ye shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, they know that the desolation thereof is nigh. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let them which are in the midst of it depart out, and let them not and let not them that are in the countries enter therein to, for these be the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. But woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. For there shall be great distress in the land. And wrath upon this people. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword. And they shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down off the Gentiles. Until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. In AD 70. Titus with his great army of Rome marched into the city of Jerusalem first of all besieging that city the temple and nearly all the city was burned or otherwise destroyed during the siege it was a terrible destruction the armies of Titus encompassed the city and it was brought to a terrible ruination. multitudes of Jews were slaughtered we are told that their blood ran in the streets like rivers. Women were ravished and butchered. Little children were run through with a sword. The holy city was trodden down. And the Jews that escaped faced famine. Or others were scattered to the nations. Josephus the historian records that no less than 1100,000 Jews perished in the siege of Jerusalem by sword and by famine. That's over a million people. 97,000 Jews were made captives. Most of them were sent as slaves into Egypt or dispersed through the various Roman provinces to be cast to the wild beasts in amphitheaters. Jesus saw this. He could see this with his prophetic eye. And as he looked at these women that were weeping, he says, weep not for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children because Jesus knew what was going to happen in AD 70. But perhaps that greater destruction was in view. I believe it was when the end of the world would come and Jesus would return to this world. Certainly we have that in the sermon of Luke chapter 21. If you come back to that, chapter and look at verse 25 of Luke 21 there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth the stress of nations with perplexity the sea and the waves roaring men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of heaven shall be shaken and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. We're thinking here, of course, about the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ when he comes to judge the world. What a dreadful and a terrible day that will be. Great commotions in the heavens as we've read here. Great distress and perplexity among the nations of the world. The sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear. An awful picture is presented here. Oh, my friends, the second coming of Jesus Christ will be attended by everything which will make it alarming to the senses and to the heart of man. If the giving of the law at Mount Sinai was so terrible that that even Moses had to exclaim, I exceedingly fear and quake. The return of Jesus Christ, when he comes to this earth in power and great glory, will be much more terrible than that. If the hardy Roman soldiers became as dead men, when the angel rolled the stone away and Christ rose from the dead, how much greater will their terror be when Christ returns to judge the world? No wonder Paul said, Knowing the terrors of the Lord. We persuade men. When we see Christ. Crucified. We gaze upon him there upon the cross. We see him in all his suffering. and all his anguish. and all his pain. We ought to weep. Not so much for him. But for ourselves. Not merely for the fact. That he died. But for the cause. Of his death. And the cause of his death. Was your sin and mine. Oh sinner weep, Weep for fear. Consider the. Destruction that comes upon men. If they neglect his love. And reject his grace. And spurn his call. As the Jewish nation did. Bringing certain judgment and ruin. Upon them. Weep sinner weep. Christian now is the time. To weep. For our offspring, our children, who know not the Saviour. And for our friends who are out of Christ. And for the lost round about us. Oh, there are so few tears in the days in which we live. Maybe we need to pray for the grace of tears. One who knew the great preacher George Whitfield well. And attended his preaching more frequently perhaps than any other person. Said that he hardly knew him to go through a sermon without weeping. His voice was often interrupted by his tears, which sometimes were so excessive to stop him from proceeding for a few moments. You blame me for weeping, he would say, but how can I help it when you will not weep for yourselves, though your immortal souls are on the verge of destruction, and for aught you know, you are hearing your last sermon And may never more have an opportunity to receive Christ offered to you. Oh, that we might weep. Dear unsaved man, woman, now is the time to weep. To weep over your sin, your sin that nailed Christ to the cross. God is looking for sorrow over sin and repentance from sin. But there's something else I want you to notice in the passage that we read tonight in Luke 23. (coughs) I want you to notice thirdly, the reason for such tears. And I draw attention to the other two verses, 29 and 30. As Jesus directs these women to weep for themselves and their children, he gives them a reason why. For behold, the days are coming in the which they shall say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bear, and the paps which never give suck, then shall they begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, Cover us. <clears throat> Sad times are coming to your city, Jesus is telling these people. It's going to be destroyed, and you will be involved in that destruction, therefore weep. Why? Because the destruction will be very terrible. There was coming a sure day when the inhabitants of Jerusalem would crave for two things. They would crave to be childless. And they would crave to be buried alive. First of all they would crave to be childless. Now sometimes those who have no children envy those that have. Rachel envy Leah in the scriptures. Because Leah was fruitful. She was able to bear children. But Rachel could not. Hannah wept sore. Because the Lord had shut up her womb. And we think of the tears that she, she shed in the tabernacle. Jesus said there was coming a day in Jerusalem. When those who had children. Would envy those who had none. And they would say in verse 29. Blessed are the barren. And the wombs that never bear. And the paps which never give suck. You see one day in Jerusalem. Children would be a burden. A burden when trying to escape. Can you imagine the, the army of Titus. This Roman army marching against the city. The fear that that must have instilled into the hearts of all the people. Can you picture in your mind these these women with their little infant children or small children in their arms trying to flee, knowing what was coming, that they would be killed, that they would be butchered. And children would be a burden trying to carry a child and run away at the same time. There was coming a day in Jerusalem whenever children would fall by the sword. What a dreadful thing for a mother to witness her child being butchered before her very eyes. One day in Jerusalem children would be left to the famine. In fact, such was the severity of that famine we are told that some women even ate their own offspring. I can't miss the the application here for you and me. I would be I would have every reason to to lament and to wish my child my wife childless if I had a child. Who died without Jesus Christ and went to hell every reason I can remember when Susan and I got married and of course we we dearly loved to have children but I can remember us praying Lord don't give us any children if those children will die without the Lord and be lost in hell forevermore Lord if you're pleased to bless us with children bring every one of them to a saving knowledge of Christ, and when we prayed that, we really meant it. Oh, my friends, King David lamented over Absalom. He lamented over Absalom because Absalom was lost. There's never a time. Now, I read that history in Second Samuel, and the chapter 18, and there, at the end of the chapter. But there's a tear comes to my eye. There's a pain that comes to my heart as I, I try to imagine how David is feeling. You remember Absalom raised himself against his father. He sought to kill him and yet David still loved his son. It was his son. And whenever the battle was fought and Absalom was killed and David hadn't heard that news, there were runners coming to the palace to, to bring news to David and here in the last two verses of 2 Samuel chapter 18 we read that the king said to Cushai this is one of the runners that came is the young man Absalom safe? And Cushai answered the enemies of my lord the king and all that rise against thee to do thee hurt be as that young man is. In other words Absalom's dead. And the king was much moved and he went up to the chamber over the gate and he wept and as he went thus he said oh my son Absalom my son my son Absalom would God I had died for thee O Absalom my son my son David is wishing in his heart that he had died instead of Absalom not just because Absalom was his son but he he knew where Absalom was in a lost eternity. And I tell you, we would have every reason to weep as parents if we had a child that died with the Savior and went out into a lost eternity. And so Jesus is saying to these women, there's coming a time in Jerusalem when people will wish that they were childless. But there's coming a time in Jerusalem when they will also wish to be buried alive. Look at verse 30 of our Bible reading. In Luke chapter 23. Then shall they begin to say to the mountains. Fall on us. And to the hills. Cover us. They would wish to be hidden. In the darkest caves. And sheltered upon any terms. Now the expressions here I know. Are figurative. They are parabolic. They describe the intense misery. And distress. And the desperate helplessness of all who would be found in Jerusalem during the siege. And though there was a literal fulfillment when the Jews in their multitudes hid themselves in the subterranean passages and the sewers under Jerusalem. Yet the language is by and large the language of figure. But my friends another day is coming. And it's hinted here. It's the day when Jesus comes back again. When the wrath of God will be poured out upon this world. And the book of Revelation tells us about this in Revelation chapter 6 in the last two verses. When Jesus comes again, listen, this is what the word of God tells us will happen. These people here in this passage of scripture described in verse 15. The kings of the earth will read verse 15 as well. And the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bond man and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains, high and low, kings and paupers. And this is what they say, verse 16. They say to the mountains and the rocks fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne. And from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? Beyond all shadow of a doubt, I want to say to you men and women and young people in this meeting tonight, our God is a God of mercy. His mercy flows like a mighty stream and has flown like that throughout the centuries of history. But never forget he's a God of justice as well as a God of mercy. And there is a judgment. A terrible judgment for the sinful and the unbelieving. This same Jesus. Who invites sinners to come to him for rest. For salvation. Declares most plainly in his word. That unless a man repents. He will perish one day forever. You know, the Great Commission was given in Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Jesus says, he that believeth shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. It's the words of Christ. The same Savior who now holds out his hands to a disobedient and again saying people. Well, one day, as Paul reminds us. Come in flaming fire. Taking vengeance on them that know not God. And obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. The day of grace is going to come to an end one day. And you're living in the day of grace. The day of grace describes the opportunity that God gives to you now to be saved. Coming to missions like this. Attending gospel services. Receiving invitations from family and friends to, to come to a gospel meeting. Being invited to Christ to seek him. Be reconciled to God to be saved. That day is coming to an end. There'll be no more missions. There'll be no more gospel services. There'll be no more tracks put into your hand. No more standing in the open air preaching the word. No more pleading. From your friends and your family. To get right with God and to be saved. The day of grace is coming to an end. Because the day of vengeance will have arrived. The day of eternal judgment. Two thousand years ago. When the Lord Jesus Christ was going to the cross. He saw these women in the procession. Perhaps some of them with their children in their arms. And he said to them. Weep not for me. But weep for yourselves and for your children. Am I wrong in saying that right now in heaven, he's looking down into this town hall tonight, looking down into this meeting and he's saying to you weep for yourselves. Weep for yourselves. Those of you who know not Christ as your saviour weep for yourselves. Christian weep. Weep for yourself over your your sin over your hindrances in your life over your failings weep for your children who know not the Lord weep for the lost and the dying in this very time that we're trying to reach at this time weep Christian weep but I say to the unconverted weep for yourself for your sin that nailed Jesus to the cross of Calvary for your sin That is taking you down to the sides of the pit forevermore. To hell itself. Weep my friend weep. And in your tears I trust that you will find the saviour. I trust that you will be drawn to him. This blessed Lord Jesus Christ who loves you. Who came into this world to die for you. And who this very night is willing to save you. If you but come to him. Oh yes sinner. Weep for yourself. And flee to the Savior and get underneath the covering of his blood and know your sins forgiven before the great and the dreadful day of God's wrath comes upon this world. And you be found among those who will cry to the rocks and the mountains, fall on us and hide us from the wrath of the Lamb. Let's bow together in prayer. We really do appreciate you coming to the service tonight, this Monday night. You could have been other places, I know. But you're here. You've come. Never by mistake, I I do not believe in people coming to meetings by mistake. You might have got an invitation. You might be here to please somebody. You, You might be here out of curiosity. But you are here in reality by divine appointment. God has brought you here that you might hear his word. Listen to the gospel. Get this opportunity to get right with God. What will you do with Jesus tonight? Will you receive him or refuse him? Will you bid your heart's door to swing widely open? Bid Him enter while you may, or will you say no to the Son of God afresh? It is our prayer that you will seek the Savior and come to know Him. We can help you, that's why we're here every night we say that don't go away without the saviour if you'd like to talk to me or other Christians that are here are more than willing to talk to you show you from God's word how you can be saved and know Christ but come to him heavenly father we leave the meeting now in your hands it's been in your hands from the beginning but in a very particular way we're handing it over now to the lord You've been speaking. You've been working in hearts. You've been bringing conviction. You've been bringing us face to face with the issues of the gospel and the issues of eternity. You have brought us to see these women on the road to to Calvary who were weeping and the Lord had a word for them and there's great application for us. And Lord, may we take that application to our hearts and may we act upon it. And Lord, we pray that men and women and young people will do the right thing. And seek the Lord. Call upon his name. Come to know him. Lord don't let the devil get the victory tonight. Don't let the world get the victory. Don't let the flesh get the victory. Oh God we pray for the the defeat of all the enemies. That would stop a sinner. From seeking the Lord. We pray for liberty tonight. And grace and wisdom and power. To be given. To the sinner to seek Christ. For Jesus sake. Amen. Is your heart troubled tonight? There's a little hymn that we're going to close with. Sinner, how thy heart is troubled. God is coming very near. Do not hide thy deep emotion. Do not check that falling tear. Maybe there is a tear. As You think of these women on the road to Calvary. The tears that were in their eyes. Maybe there's tears in your eyes, tears in your heart. There's regret. You're feeling your sin and you're feeling your need of a savior. Oh, be saved. That's what the chorus says. His grace is free. Oh, be saved. He died for thee. Please think of the words as we just sing the first three verses of the hymn. rise or feet. Lord, may men and women heed this call, this appeal. Oh, be saved. His grace is free. Oh, be saved. He died for thee. And may there be that coming to the Saviour and knowing what it is to become a child of God, with sins forgiven and a certain future of heaven forevermore. Oh, God, dismiss us now with your fear and in your love. Give us traveling mercies as we go home. And Lord, may sinners heed what is being said tonight for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen.